Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! to another episode of On The Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Each week, she travels to incredible wine destinations, interviewing some of the Italian wine scene's most interesting personalities, talking about wines, the foods, as well as the incredible travel destinations. Hello, my name is Stevie Kim, and welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. Today, we're here with Jeanette Selvidio, and she's half from Calabria and half from Germany. So German Calabrian or Calabrian German. I don't know. Which one would you prefer? I would prefer Calabrian German. Okay. <laughs> so she's more Italian. She looks more German, however. Absolutely. So she's the general manager for this winery, which is called Petra. And Petra is located in Suveretto e Val di Cornia. Tell us where it is, because I've actually been here just once in the past, and I'm not sure, I'm uncertain our audience is familiar where this is exactly. So tell us where we are. Suveretto is in Val di Cornia, as you said. Uh, Val di Cornia is south from uh, Bulgaria, which is a little bit more well-known uh, respect to Suveretto and Piombino, which is a port where you go to Elba Island. Oh, right, right, right. So uh, the Val di Cornia is stretching out in six different municipalities, and one of the municipalities is Suvereto, which is a little bit more inland, but we have a wonderful view on the seaside, on the Tuscan seaside, with Elba Island and also Corsica Island in front of us, but a little bit closer to the hilly position where obviously also the wine growing is more suitable. So, Jeanette, you've been here, you've been with the winery Petra, this estate, for about a year and a half. How did you get into the wine business and how did you end up at Petra Winery? Let's say somebody rang my bell at home and asked me if I'm speaking German. Mm -hmm. In fact, I do because I grew up in Germany. And uh, I thought it was for some uh, translations. Instead, it was a wine agency called Selezione Fattorie very close by uh, my home and so I started it was like uh, 96 mm -hmm. and then I had six years experience in Antinori. What did you do in Antinori? More the same type of job? At the beginning I was obviously an assistant mm -hmm. because I came into the business a mm -hmm. few time so first I was assistant in the export department and okay. after for the commercial director. After that I worked for a Argentiera, Tinuta Argentiera in Bulgaria, 11 years as commercial director. Okay. Then I became tired of traveling the whole world mm -hmm. and uh, I wanted to retire from this position. So I was hired from uh, Antonio Capaldo from Feudi di San Gregorio, who looked for a general manager and uh, CEO uh, for his project in Bulgaria, Campo Le Comete, which I did for five years. Mm -hmm. And uh, afterwards, I wanted to uh, make a little break and somebody called me and told me, 
oh, they're looking for a general manager at Petra. Right. And so here I am. So, I mean, you had a very long and illustrious career in the wine business. And now you're here, you're leading this winery. So tell me, first of all, why did you decide to come to Petra? Like what was so sexy about Petra after all these years of experience? For me, Petra was uh, fashionable already since a long time. I came uh, visiting Petra by myself uh, when I was working in Argentiera. The beauty of winery and the recognition, I would like to contribute finally that Petra receives that recognition what it deserves mm -hmm. uh, because for some reasons even if Petra wine is really uh, excellent uh, there's lacking still this uh, this recognition yes okay so what are your ambitions in terms of making Petra like forge ahead in its future you know being half German I'm very convinced that we can do a great job and uh, before I entered into Petra uh, already the property uh, the Moretti family mm -hmm. uh, did uh, some changes so they involved uh, Marco Simonit who handled the vineyards and actually the vineyards are in very very good shape I'm very happy about this because with good shape of vineyards, we are able to do really different wines than before. And then also in the wine cellar, we did a change from a more traditional winemaking to a little bit more modern vinification, what means not doing any longer very heavy wines, very oaky wines. And so fine, elegant drinking wines, which can suit effectively to everything. Like your, I keep on calling entry-level wine, but your first wine, right, Hedo, that we've tried. And we've tried with different types of food, and it was lovely. It actually went well with every single dish. Absolutely. And for in terms of the price quality, I think it's great value. So I just want to ask you a question about your relationship with the family, the Moretti family. How does that work? I suppose you have a direct relationship with Francesca Moretti? Absolutely. It, so you have a female boss, a woman who's your boss. <laughs> and then I seem to have seen, actually, you have a very uh, large, I would say, female-driven team. Absolutely. This is not uh, because of me. <laughs> this for sure was uh, an idea of Francesca. Francesca mm -hmm. was personally here in the past in order to plant vineyards, to build the winery, then she get married and get kids, and so she turned back to Franciacorta. But uh, for sure, she inspired the winery in, uh, let's say, being female. And uh, today we have females in every kind of departments we have inside of our winery. We have 12 women which are working the whole year over in the vineyards and are really perfect in pruning and in the particular sensible practices. Then we have people not only in our wine shop, which are female, but also in the wine cellar, in the vinification team and also in the, the processing team. So we have uh, women everywhere and we work very well together. We have about, let's say, 40% of, of the whole team is female. Wine to Wine Business Forum. Everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine. Supersize your business network. Share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry. Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. 
Tickets available now at pointwine.net. So I saw the vineyard team, the harvest team, but they're actually not seasonal workers. They're permanent, all year round, permanent staff. Yes. Is that correct? This is correct because with 105 hectares surface of vineyards, there's a lot to do. So we have additional people during harvest time, but our 25 people in the vineyards, they are working the whole year over. So do you think there is a value add or do you think it makes a difference to have a substantial female-led work group, both in the vineyards and at the company? I think that uh, females have a very good organization uh, no, skills. Yeah. skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so also our men are very happy to have a director, a uh, female director in our winery. But uh, everybody in our uh, company is working very well together and learn from our female team. I think it's a very nice thing. Tell me a little bit about the winery's architecture and Mario Botta and Vittorio Moretti's passion for construction, especially when it comes to wineries. Vittorio Moretti family starts with the construction business. Mm -hmm. So the wine business is a a business which came afterwards. And when he started for the first time to build wine cellars, then he was also interested in wine business and started also in Franciacorta with his wine business, Bella Vista. Right. So he's for the audience, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Moretti family, I suppose their claim to fame in terms of wine business is Bella Vista. That is the most important winery that they actually own. But they own several other wineries, right? One of which is Petra. Right. One of six is Petra. Mm-hmm. Petra is the most important winery in the group for red wine production. Mm-hmm. So we have two wineries in Franciacorta doing bubbles. Mm-hmm. We have a winery in uh, San Gimignano doing Vernaccia di San Gimignano white wine. We have a winery in Maremma called La Bagliola, which is doing rosé wines. Mm-hmm. And Petra is specialized in red wine. So we have three properties in Tuscany. And then we have uh, the most important winery in Sardinia with Selenmos. Right, of course. So uh, you asked me about my relationship with the family. Mm-hmm. It was Francesca, together with Massimo Tuzzi, our CEO, mm-hmm. who hired me for this position. And uh, within a few months, they really gave me a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. So they leave me great liberty. Yeah, they entrusted it with... Yes. Yeah. In order to lead the winery, obviously we are always in contact and I can call, uh, they can call me in any moment in order to have answers on on questions and so on, but they are very, very quiet. Mm -hmm. They know that here is somebody who is taking care of the property in in Tuscany. So you've been here for about a year and a half. What is your vision? What are your objectives for the next, I would say, three years? What would you like to see happen? I would like to improve more and more the high-end portfolio uh, in sense. Uh, Until now, uh, we are still doing a lot of Hebo, which is a wonderful wine, Mm -hmm. but uh, doing a good organization and programmation in the time, I would like to increase numbers of our single varietals and obviously of our Petra wine. Because nowadays, 
we start uh, to have a lack in availability of Petra. So uh, my objective is uh, to produce enough Petra in order that we can build up the brand more and more. For me, it's very important for the few years I will uh, still work before Mm. I retire that uh, Petra will become an icon winery like uh, several other wineries uh, here on on the coastal part of Tuscany. So, I mean, we're in Suberetto, right? So what are kind of the famous other wine regions that are nearby? Nearby, the most famous for sure is Bulgari, which is about uh, 50 to 60 kilometers further north. Mm-hmm. Chianti Classico is completely uh, far away because uh, we are about 100 uh, and more uh, kilometers far away. And let's say it's not on the seaside, mm-hmm. it's in the center part of Tuscany, it's the same as Montalcino. So where we can compare a little bit to what Subareto and the Val di Cogna is, is the coastal part. And the the coast, Marema. The coastal part mm-hmm. is the Marema. So from uh, going down from Pisa to uh, Grosseto, uh, we have Livorno in the middle. And Livorno is the province of Bulgari, is the province of uh, Val di Cogna, is the province of uh, Subareto. So very similar, let's say. Conditions. So, you know, we've done some wine tasting today, but I know it's a very gross generalization, right? But if you can make in simple way to explain to our audience the main difference between your wine from Suberetto and Bolgheri wine, what would you say? If someone comes to you and say, Jeanette, I've tasted Bolgheri wines, what is the difference between Bolgheri wines, you know, and Petra, for example. May I be honest? Yes, of course. The appellation. <laughs> yeah, it's an appellation, but I don't think... The wines are very, very similar. You know, uh, here we always uh, tell that our vineyards in Suvereto are based on Bordeaux grape varietals because already Elisa Bonaparte, the sister of Napoleon, brought uh, the French grape varietals from France into Suvereto. Mm-hmm. So same grape varietals is, are grown in Bulgari, the same grape varietals are grown also in the Maremma, and they are very suitable. Suvereto is very similar. It's not equal but very similar to the wines of Bulgari because we're on the coast with uh, low acidity, nice, sapid and uh, mineral aftertaste, which gives great balance to the wines. And Petra is different from a lot of wines from the coastal part because we would like to underline the terroir, the soil conditions, so we don't use, we are now in our barrique cellar, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you have view on it. We don't use too much new oak you know, uh, because we would like to show fruit, we would like to show freshness, we would like to uh, show the spices of our vineyards and uh, all the hints which belongs to us especially, and we don't want to cover this with uh, too much oak. And how are you doing that? What kind of, you know, wood management are you doing? Because I see here, you see different sizes of the barrels, right? So tell me a little bit about that. So we use for Petra only Barrick. Barrick mm-hmm. is 225 liters. And we use about 30 to 35% new oak, which means first use of the oak. So every year, about a third of yes. the, the barrels, gets they get replaced. Get replaced. Mm-hmm. 
And this means that a third is in New Oak. So New Oak releases a lot of additional hints. But mm -hmm. in reality, we know uh, that uh, we are doing this not in order to add hints. Uh, we do this in order to add tannins because nowadays we are de-steaming our grapes. So we are lacking in tannins in order to have long aging wines. And so this is the reason why everybody is using oak barrels in order to find the wine. Mm -hmm. So only a third is in new oak, a third is in second passage oak, and maybe in some vintages also in the third, depends on the vintage, uh, if how to handle it. We find the wine for about 15 months in oak, and then we are tasting everything and blending. Petra is a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, about 60%, mm -hmm. 30% is Merlot, and 10% is Cabernet Franc. And uh, when we uh, figure out the, the best uh, combination, which every year can a little bit different, then we blend the wine and we keep it still for a while together before we bottle. After the bottling, we keep the wine at least for another year in the wine cellar in order that we come out with a product which is really pleasant drinking since it's released. Because nowadays, people buy today and tonight the bottle is on the table. So you, right now, your chief winemaker is uh, Caviola, right? Better and prior, when did he start with Petra? Um, I think, I mean, definitely before your time, but... Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Beppe Caviola has been involved in the winemaking since uh, 2014 vintage. Okay. So he was not here during the seasonal growing of the grapes, but he got the wines in the wine mm -hmm. cellar. 2015, he all handled the whole processing. Okay, so how did, and prior to that, you had a French winemaker, is that correct? Yes. So do you know if the style of the wine has changed dramatically from the French winemaker to Caviola? It changed really very much mm. because the French winemaker... Um, was very French. Was very French. <laughs> it was very Bordeaux. Yeah. So... I mean, with the Bordeaux blend, mm. I mean, you know, that's logical, sure. right? Yes, and the, the understanding at that time was also different from what you wanted from a wine. Mm -hmm. We wanted very... Powerful wines. Big wines. Uh, yes, you know, big, big wines, wines. Structured wines. Right. The wines which filled you up the mouth uh, very, very heavily. And you said, oh, what a great uh, mm. taste. A lot of new oak because obviously the French Bordeaux producers still today uses nearly 100% of new oak. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the same was in Italy and the same was in Petra. But then... Our mind changes, and I think also the consumer mind is changing uh, with the time uh, that we don't want to make any longer these very powerful wines, but something really fine, elegant, and pleasant drinking. Even if uh, our wines are powerful because they have alcohol, they have structure, but they are not heavy. So this is such a beautiful winery. How prevalent is, I suppose, the enotourism here? You know, already because our winery has been made by Mario Botta. Mm -hmm. Who's the famous, of course, the archistar who, uh, who designed and yes. built this winery. Absolutely. Only because of him, we have already a lot of 
request for a visit of the winery because people are curious, would like to see, would like to know. So it's a destination, right, because of the beauty and the architectural design of the winery. Absolutely. And then I have a wonderful staff in our winery for tours and tasting, which have increased in the last couple of years, really, the amount of uh, people coming into the winery, because, you know, uh, the best advertising is to speak with each other. So our visitors generate new visits. Okay. So before we go, is there anything you would like to say, one last word, how you would like to give our audience, why should they come to Petra Winery and taste? Probably not everyone can come to Petra Winery, but to taste and try Petra wines, how would you like to encourage them? People, coming to Petra is really a great, great experience. Nobody who is going away don't want to come back. So really, we have a big feedback backer which tells us that people are very, very happy. And when they go away, they really had an experience inside the winery of knowledge, of taste and food. So it's 360 degrees experience, which uh, I can only uh, suggest to everybody to make at least once a year. And then we have a beautiful seaside. So if somebody was, would like to combine a visit to Petra also with a vacation, I think that this could be a perfect combination. Okay, great. With that, I would say it's a wrap and chin chin with Italian wine people. And follow us. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. And if you are our audio listeners, don't forget to follow us also wherever you get your pods. That's it. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao. E grazie. E grazie. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.